Hey everyone, welcome to episode 53 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And just uh, welcome aboard the weekly FHC Roundup. And hey, the whole gang is here. So we're shuffling our Facebook Live broadcast again another week, just to be sure that we have Jeff here, because we weren't sure after last week if it was a one-week, two-week hiatus, but he's back, so... <laughs> oh, brother. We, <laughs> we know for sure now that he'll be back, so... If we're going to have live and it's going to be video, you want Jeff here. Yeah, no, it's got to be It's got to be Jeff. It would just... Something wouldn't be correct if it wasn't, so... But seriously, not sure if it will be next week. i put my shirt week. on, yeah. Yeah, keep the shirt... <laughs> not sure if it'll be next week or the next, but your Facebook feed will be the first to know when we do, but thanks anyway to everyone that... Tunes in each and every week and just uh, kind of keep your eyes peeled. It'll be coming soon. Last week, our episode was just Andy and I, uh, Living on Purpose, which was part five of our 12 in our monthly year-long series, From the Heart, where we decided that surely at one point or another, we have all struggled with the question of our purpose in life. And the words of Romans 11.36 that Andy shared were probably the best viewfinder to look through when working through this. Everything comes from him. Everything happens through him. Everything ends up in him. Always glory, always praise. Yes, yes, yes. And when we realize and submit to that being true, our purpose should come into focus. Of course, you can listen to that or watch it really quickly and easily in the Hospital Church mobile app and at the website hospitalchurch.org. So, most recently, just a couple days ago, our first installment of the Promise Fulfilled series entitled Pentecost. Pentecost. This seems to have a, a Zen-like power just in the name <laughs> Pentecost. Is that am I, am I reading too much into that? Yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> maybe a little. And I hate to say it, but I'm going to go there again. For what I believe to be the third week in a row, Andy sold me early on with the talk of change and that we, <laughs> we must embrace change, terrified or not. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, this is it. Andy is finally going to drop this health, self-help book on us for real this time. <laughs> He's really going to just – is it under our seats? Is it going to be at the back when we leave? But essentially all you did was let the wind out of our collective sails by proclaiming boldly, I might add, that <laughs> nothing stays the same. Everything changes. So embrace it. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup or snowflake, as the social media world seems to prefer these days. But good change versus bad change, you, you kind of brought that out. And we probably all think we have a pretty good or unique view or about our life experiences to explain this concept. But when you look at the story of Pentecost and using that roller coaster analogy, the extreme high of the visions of power and prestige from high places in Jesus' kingdom to the utter depths of the cross and the grave and when it all seems lost, Jesus all of a sudden appears again and continues for 40 more days, and maybe this is another run, and, and they're all at the top again. I mean, this is a, a crazy ride that I guess I'd never exactly – using that analogy was was spot on because it really does take you through that that what they must have been feeling. Yeah. And how much of that puzzle well, – what it left me thinking was how much of that puzzle had the disciples put together, if any – after they all they had seen, all they had gone through since the crucifixion, and then all of a sudden, whoa, Jesus is back. Yeah. So did they have anything put together? Not much. Jeff See, Facebook Live, you could see this, but Jeff is just looking at me, shaking his head, no. Well, you, when, when they actually are meeting with Jesus on one of the mounts post-resurrection, and they're there in his presence, and they're all sort of wowed, and, and then the scripture says, and some of them doubted. Now, they're standing there talking to the guy, and and even in that <laughs> moment of concreteness, like, and some of them doubted. So I, I don't think they were the sharpest. 
<laughs> Before we go there, <laughs> I, well, it, you know, you have to wonder about the lighting. No, I'm just kidding. You have to wonder about the internal things that were going on that actually, you know, it's sort of like whenever um, you go through a traumatic situation, sometimes you don't oh, see things. Right. You don't see things. The way, you know, we always looked at it, well, maybe Jesus was changed. Maybe, maybe there was something about him. His countenance had changed. But Man alive, these guys had just basically gone through some pretty horrendous three days. Well, right we there. know from pastoral experience that uh, a person can can die, uh, go through a serious life change, a divorce, or some kind of mm-hmm. trauma, and we will interact with them and have conversations with them, uh, maybe multiple conversations mm-hmm. with them about about the situation, and then... Several months later, they're like, why didn't anybody talk to me why about this when yeah. this was happening? It's why like, didn't you come see me? Yeah, it's like, we were there. You know, <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's just, it's just not in their memory at all. And it makes you question your own reality. At least that's was our that, story. Was I really there? <laughs> yeah, so, that's our story. We're going to have to stick to that. <laughs> so it's the real reason for selfies then. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Make sure you... Oh, that's a good idea. We should yeah. take selfies so. with these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, that was another question that kind of, I didn't write it down because it seemed maybe trivial. And maybe it is. But you mentioned that maybe you know people thought that maybe Jesus had changed somehow right. physically, or was you know was this a flesh and blood Jesus that was there, or is this a yeah, he ate food? That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, cooked him a meal. Yeah, and, he could touch, and they could touch him. I right. mean, they could go through walls. So I mean, it's it's, it's does, not normal. No, <laughs> normal but not normal. Well, it seems like they were still convinced, or I don't know, maybe hoping is the better word that Jesus' kingdom now. Okay, now he's back. Maybe it's finally going to be established in these places of prominence and power that they were, you know, dreaming about beforehand would come along with it. Was that their mindset or was it simply, we're not even sure really what this whole thing means and this whole ordeal is just completely surreal. I mean, what do you have as a blueprint or as a something to look back on and compare it to? I mean, this is something, it's all new. Maybe they're thinking this is the right time for the kingdom. I mean... Are they in this confused place where they're just going – they're still hanging on his every word, just like before, trying to figure this all out? I, I think so. I, I, if you think about anything that you believe from growing up with it, from your childhood, you learned about this, and you held on to it, and you held on to it, and it, it was just something you knew. And then it became – the reality came out that it was not, not, not so – yeah. You know, it's just not real. To to be able to wrap your head around that when you had that long term belief, and you got to realize these guys from being little bitty bitty boys had heard of the coming Messiah. They had had hope for the Messiah that would come and overthrow Rome, and they'd be free, and Israel would become to peak again. I mean, that was that was common talk, and so that was so rooted in them that everything that's happening and the way it happened was like, no, this was, this doesn't fit the puzzle right. Yeah, it, and this is all a little bit conjecture, but. Uh, you well. do, <laughs> you do have this feeling as you read those the last part of the gospel, those that that narrative, is that there is a there is still a bit of a letdown from what they anticipated with Christ and what was actually going on after his death. Even I mean, they're fishing. They they go back in a sense. It looks like they regress a little bit. Yeah. Because um, you know Jesus, one of the, you know, because he only shows up what two, I think three times. I think that you hear about these incidences uh, with the disciples, and you, you start to think. I mean, 
you almost have this feeling that that period of time was essential for them to move change, like what Andy mm-hmm. was talking about, to make that change. Because before this, it was all about Christ doing something for them. They were going to be a part of a of a big thing. Yeah. And now they realized that the big thing that was happening was going on inside of them as opposed to this, you know, this. So I think that the disciples were trying to wrestle with what Christ was really there for the whole time. And uh, and so the, this uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, or whatever you want to call it, at Pentecost, was maybe the we we know that that's the evidence of the, his presence. But it probably was going on long before those tongues of fire dropped. You, you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that this was going on inside of all those people that were trying to figure out where do I put the, how do I put this together. And that's why I think it was hard for them to see some of the things that were right in front of them. Well, and like you said about the stories that you grow up with and how, you know, this is the, you know, he's going to set up this kingdom and we're mm-hmm. going to be in power. And I, I kind of brought that to my own experience or maybe what a lot of people that grow up in the church, maybe, maybe they all, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm the only one, but, you know, you hear about, we always talk about the second coming and, you know, the three angels messages and all these different things and prophecy. And, right. you, you know, you almost can't grow up without that if you're in church to some degree. And as far off as we believe or what they obviously believed Christ was there to do mm-hmm. and what he was there to do, I mean, how far are we off on anything that we have been told forever that we just think, you know, because I hear a lot of people, oh, it's going to happen like this and it's going to happen yeah. like this and it's going to happen like this. And I'm always thinking to myself, you know, I don't know. I read the same thing and maybe I'm just biblically ignorant or, you know, not, maybe I'm just not that smart. But, you know, it seems like we put a lot of things in different spaces that maybe they don't belong. Well, here's a whole national economy that had for a couple thousand years been looking toward a becoming Messiah mm-hmm. and they missed it. Mm-hmm. Know? So it's not hard to imagine that a more modern-day movement who believes they have special calling of God upon them to bring truth to the world, if they're not careful, could get wrapped up in could themselves up and in miss that. it as well. Hmm. And, and, the, and the, the, the missing took place not because they couldn't have seen it, but because they were, they were looking at themselves so much, they, they missed it. The focus yeah, was just wrong. The focus was wrong. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And then you add into this, I just thought it was, you know, again, the roller coaster. All of a sudden, okay, here we are, you know, Jesus is back. And then without warning, and really, you know, I don't know, I'm looking at what he, <clears throat> excuse me, what he said. These are fairly ambiguous instructions. I'm just saying, if I'd have been there, I'm like, did you, you make did, it a little clear? Did you hear what he just said? Because after he's gone, I'm thinking I would have been the guy standing next. Did you did you get all that? Did you write right, it down? Right. Write that down. That could not have been what I think he said. <laughs> and you know about their new goals as witnesses, and you know Jesus is gone and it's all over again. I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, what? Right. We just did this all over again. And I've always thought that those 40 days, putting all these questions that they had aside, and all of the doubt, and all of the you know maybe they're a little bit of regression. They must have been some of the best moments those 40 days that the disciples ever spent with Jesus in a way that it was almost in a, I mean, how could you not be in a constant state of just trying to wrap your head around all the senses that you were taking in on this journey? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you, you just saw again, what, what no human had ever witnessed right. in the same way. And, you know, obviously the power, they had to know that something was seriously up with Jesus, <laughs> even if they didn't understand the whole thing, they had to know that. But 
I don't know. I mean, you see one of your best friends die. They come back from the dead. You hang out a while. And then he vanishes right in front of your eyes, followed by these two strange guys dressed in white that you've never met, talking about your friend, giving up the lowdown on the future. And that's going to leave a serious mental picture for your senses as long as you live, right? I mean, that had yeah. to be that transformative experience to me as as you, you, you talked about it. And I went back and read it. And, and that just kept playing in my mind. Like, that had to have been... Like, did you just, yeah. did you, did we just, that is insane. How does this work? Well, I, I don't want to, I, maybe the word regression was, regression was the wrong word. Word. Um, I think what, you, what they had to do is they had to step back and look at it just from a different, from yeah. a different vantage point. Um, and I think that's what, that's what Christ had allowed them to do is see him from a different vantage point. Yeah. Or see everything from a different, vantage. from a different, Yeah. Well, and I love the way, Andy, you brought in uh, – I'd never heard of this person, Barbara Brown Taylor. Oh, my. Describes the Holy Spirit entering you know, the 120, and you know, how do you know you want to be a part of something so life-altering as sucking in God's own breath and being transformed by it? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty cool yeah. – again, these are one of those things that just kept going over. Like, that's a pretty descriptive and basic, but yet when you start to think about what that really means, the immediate confidence and abilities they were given – and then all of a sudden, boom, they become 3,000 in almost this yeah, virtual instant. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that display of power of the Holy Spirit? I mean, is that as still as, can it still be as potent today as it was then? I mean, could, could that same thing happen today? And if, you know, we're talking, we were talking earlier about prescriptive. If God descriptive, chose to. <laughs> yeah. If God chose to. But I mean, is that something that we can experience? I, I think I'd have to believe. That God is the same God then as now. He hasn't worn down like an old clock. Uh, <laughs> the, the 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 ability is still there, and I, I guess what the only thing I can think of that would that hold it back is what serves His kingdom best. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was what He believed would serve the kingdom best at at the day of Pentecost is to do it that way. That was the spark and, to get it going, and so to to realize that. He, how does the spirit? How does the spirit want to use us now? How does how, where does the spirit want to show up and make it make a difference? I, I believe it can be in it's in subtle ways, and I think it still happens on a regular basis. We but oftentimes I think we're blind to it. We we think it we call it happenstance, coincidence. Um, yeah, I, you know your your question, Randy, is is an interesting one because you say it's something that we can experience. I don't, you know, that's sort of a big thing right now is this immersive experience. We want, all, we all want to have this experience, and um, I don't think that was the purpose of. No. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. Of yeah. yeah, I don't think that was the purpose. God didn't do this so that there could be a cool ride. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it was really, truly like, like Andy said, it's to accomplish what needed to be accomplished then. And I believe God still is able to accomplish what needs to be accomplished now. Sure. And uh, he's not going to worry about whether we experience it, although yeah. I think he wants us to be a part of it. Yeah. And uh, and so those accomplishments and what God decides going to be done will but those, be done. But those descriptions of, of what I they, understand. Yeah, but those descriptions of what they were what they were pulling off was just I mean that's just mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was as if they yeah. were they were talking like Jesus. They were, right. you know, if they said pick up your bed and go, you did it, it happened. It right. was just that powerful. And 
So my question kind of also was like, maybe it's a little more muted today where, you know, the, you know, where the, where there's more than two gathered and praying, you know, maybe that's the miracle. Mm. Someone is healed and maybe it's just not quite so obvious, not so obvious, or maybe we're not paying attention (laughs) that closely. Probably some some of both. (laughs) Probably some of both. Yeah. Yeah. I think our culture is different too. We don't, we don't grab it. You know, we don't grab at the same things that they, that, you know, we, I think God impresses upon all of us in different ways. And he tries to figure out ways to communicate with us on on the cultural level that we're at. Yeah. But to be open to the change that yeah. the Spirit can bring is something we have to be open to. Right. So. Well, and it seems, I don't know, some, sometimes it seems like we don't talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Probably more so than God. I think it's Jesus, God, Holy Spirit. If yeah. we're, if we're, as far as the Trinity is concerned. Well, the good news is the Holy Spirit would agree with us because He's supposed <laughs> to draw attention to Jesus, not to Himself. Okay. Well, there you go. That's good. <laughs> there we go. Pulling that all together. But how do we offer this as a? I don't, I don't want to say offer, but how do we present this, or how do we live this, or how does this become part of who we are as a church community? That hey, we take this Spirit seriously, mm-hmm. and we we somehow benefit, and we somehow. You benefit, people benefit, the world benefits when we tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we, how do, how do people know that that's a part of who we are, or how do we promote that? Or that's not the right word. But well, how think, does that, how does that come out of us? I, I think it, I think it comes back to, are we lifting up Jesus? Because uh, that's what the Spirit's work is to do: is to glorify Jesus, to lift up Jesus, to point back to Jesus. And so I, I think that that's really critical to us. And, and Jesus himself said, hey, you're, people will be clear that you're my disciples by the love you have for each other. Yeah. It, it, it's not because you can speak in tongues or it's not because you can, you know, accomplish this great feat. It's because you love people. Yeah. And, and so I think, it, I think a local congregation of believers can be committed to being a place of love and let the Spirit evidence itself in, the, in that openness to others and serving of others on a regular basis. Excellent. Well, again, we uh, we always find ourselves bumped up on time, and <laughs> man, I got a half a page to go. But anyway, um, the, one of our last uh, FHC takeaways from this week asked, where can you see evidence of the Holy Spirit's work today? And this was something I was going to ask each of you if you had something specific. So if you do... You can use the app and send it to me, and we'll read it next week. And if you listening have anything, uh, so much that we're surrounded by, uh, and if you haven't seen Andy's message, go back and and read or listen to the part about Dr. Gilbert Belzikian. Belzikian describing to his students the time in history when people were authentic and part of a community that changed the world. Those words were powerful, the way he described them and the way that our focus and beliefs of the Spirit's power can really shape a different world for us. So I would encourage you to do that. You can share those again on the FHC mobile app. That's the easiest way to get in touch. Finally, uh, as we wrap it up, I'll leave you with Andy's close because it was as good as it gets. The wind of the spirit is still blowing. Jesus said, you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So just breathe, inhale and let God's Holy spirit be with you and in you. And let that spirit, the power of Pentecost transform you, change you. And then through you, change the world. That's pretty awesome if we could make that all happen together. And so this week upcoming, we're going to stay in this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, this week is called God Builds His Church. Ooh, well, there you go. You don't want to miss that either in person. You can catch it in the app live and, of course, the uh, episode 54 next week. So this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you then.